Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. This is Keenan Allen, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This is the week 11 DFS breakdown and walkthrough pod. Um, if you guys could please give a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful, as well as if you're watching here on YouTube. If you could subscribe, if you could click like, all that stuff, uh, it, it makes a lot of difference. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks to everybody that's been commenting and um, you know, clicking thumbs up and especially an Apple podcast, man, that, that it really makes a big difference if you guys could do that for us. Um, no ad reads today. So let's just get into the show. Uh, we'll start out with Tennessee at Baltimore, uh, Tennessee, uh, both these teams, six and three. This is a 59 and a half point total after opening up at 48 and a half points. Baltimore is now a six point favorite after opening up at six and a half point favorites. We have 61% of the tickets on the Titans, along with 48% of the money, 50% of the tickets are on the under, along with 45% of the money. And um, I guess let's just look at the matchup tool here for this so we can kind of dissect these matchups. And I think one of the things we probably need to talk about with the Ravens is I see our friend Minion Hunter popping into the chat here. What's up? What's up, Minion? Um, I'm sure that he's well aware, you know, the, the Ravens, no, no Brandon Williams. This looks like no Brandon Williams this week. No Calais Campbell this week, which makes I, I mean, when you look at the ownership on Derrick Henry and you kind of think about how, you know, how Tennessee might want to come into this game and what they might be thinking. I've personally thought this week that this is going to be the game. And just based on the matchup tool, like, let me just let me just show you here. So Baltimore at versus Tennessee. So Baltimore gets the number six matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number three matchup for opposing running backs, the number eight matchup for opposing wide receivers, and the number seven matchup for opposing tight ends. So it could be a, just a smash fest. This could be the week where we finally see Lamar Jackson get up to the um, ceiling that we had kind of seen all of 
all of last year. Even Minion Hunter in the chat is saying the Ravens are going to get gashed by by Henry. Um, I, I I think this game could set up well is one that you could stack because it's it's like Minion Hunter says you know if Derrick Henry has a big game. Uh, one of these, what it was like 195 yards last year in the playoffs versus versus these guys. Uh, the defensive front looks like they're you know super banged up. Brandon Williams is probably the guy that I consider, I don't know, maybe the biggest difference maker as far as being a run stuffing, uh, you know, like a, a run stuffing one technique. We've loved him ever since his his week at the Senior Bowl. That, that's a that's a big loss. Um, especially for what you know, they could want to do is just, just pound the ball with Derrick Henry. And if that's the case, it's just a, a great situation on the other side for the Ravens. And so for that reason, I find myself playing a lot of uh, playing a lot of Lamar Jackson. I know that Marquise Brown has been miserable, but man, if there was ever a, I don't know if I can go back to him in, in, in season long, or if I could if I could you know play him in, in, in cash games, but for tournaments, it just seems like so easy to stack. Lamar Jackson with Marquise Brown and even Mark Andrews, who's become super, super cheap. And I realize he's been undependable, but this is one of the, like we mentioned, this is a top 10 matchup for opposing tight ends. You can bring it back on the other side with Derrick Henry. And I think it makes all the sense in the world is sort of just a, uh, you know, a good tournament core that correlates really well there and just hope that Lamar Jackson uh, picks it up and gets that ceiling. Because here's the fact of the matter. There's, there's no Patrick Mahomes on this slate. There's, there's no, uh, you know, there's there's no Kyler. Clearly, there's no there's no Russell Wilson. Uh, there's no Josh Allen. There, it does, we don't have any of these guys that we've sort of been looking to for the high end quarterback production. I, I don't think it can be argued that Lamar Jackson, if we look at the last two years, has the highest upside of any quarterback on this slate. It's 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 set up to where you know this is two six and th- this is two six and three teams with some bad blood. Man, you know you know that. Rabel's going to be taking this thing seriously. You know, Harbaugh is taking this thing seriously. This is a this is a big game. So I, I I like a good competitive game like this, a 49 and a half point total, especially in a week where we, uh, you know, this week's not like these last few weeks where we've been getting these 57 and a half point, 56 and a half point totals. It, it isn't like that really this week. So I, I like this game. I love Derrick Henry. Uh, I think that Lamar Jackson's fine. It feels really weird, you know, to – Feels really weird to get Marquise Brown in there. Maybe on FanDuel, it's a little bit easier where he's a where he's a good bit cheaper. But um, you know, I'm staying away from the running game. This this whole thing. I I looked at the the player props. You know, we have the props tool up over at rosterwatch.com. I mean, the Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are they're cannibalizing each other so much to virtually make them all un, unplayable, especially whenever you have all of the um especially whenever you have everybody else available to you. So for me, my interest is in Lamar Jackson. It's in the passing game. It's hoping that, you know, Marquise Brown finally gets loose for loose for a big one. And, uh, you know, Mark Andrews just at that depressed price point can be somebody that, that's interesting. Minion Hunter's asking about Tannehill and I'm just not, I'm, I don't think Tannehill's looked that good. I'm not that interested. It, it's, it's, I mean, he knows as you know. He knows as well as any of us do that this is not a good matchup for AJ Brown or uh, opposing pass catchers. So I'm going to be off of Tannehill here in this one. He's he's not even in my player pool uh, this week. And you know when we just look at let me pull up the pull up the matchup tool and just see. So for the for the Tennessee Titans, this game is basically the only place where the only place where the matchup tool says it's not basically a bottom you know eight matchup on the week is for opposing tight ends. And even with John U. Smith, we've been seeing him get 
been into a little bit of his time with uh, Anthony Ferkser, who you know maybe could be an option for you if you were looking to pay way down. But for me, the Tennessee side revolves completely around Derrick Henry. Um, let's move on to the, the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. The Lions here are four and five after Matt Patricia seemingly seemingly saved his job a few weeks ago. We'll see if he can kind of keep this thing on the rails versus Carolina. And there's just been so many question marks about this game, um, this game all week. It's uh, the total has moved from a 47 and a half to a 46 and a half. So uh, even if we even if we don't get Teddy Bridgewater, I I'm not sure really how much it matters um look our our projection systems I'm, I'm i'm trying to get our projections pulled up with how it would feel um let's just let me just see here so i haven't seen any new news today on teddy bridgewater i just got done doing my roto grinder show so if you guys have seen something new make sure and you know make sure and let me know but I'm going off the opinion that, you know, it could end up that we do get PJ Walker here. And if we do get PJ Walker in this game, um, I, you know, people are going to talk about the college connection from Temple with, with Robbie Anderson, but I, I kind of think that's true. I think during uh, times that I've seen PJ Walker, both in the XFL for the uh, Houston Roughnecks or whatever they were. And um, the times we've seen him in the preseason, he's been a guy who pushed the football downfield. He obviously probably has a chemistry with, Robbie Anderson. I mean, PJ Walker was there at Temple whenever Matt Rule was coaching Robbie Anderson. And like, there's a lot of connections there between these guys. So um, I think on that side of the football, uh, could you even pay down all the way to 4,800 for PJ Walker? We're going to talk a lot about Taysom Hill whenever we get to the uh, Saints. And maybe that's probably the more preferred, the more preferred play. Um, And we will talk about Taysom Hill over on, um, Okay, so here's a new Fantasy Life app. It uh, looks like Drew Locke will be playing, so we'll talk about that when we get to Denver. Um, Mike Davis, um, I think he's 6,800 this week on the Carolina side. And, you know, the matchup tool has this for Carolina as the number one matchup for opposing running backs. And this was, this is after Mike Davis epic chalk week last week that he absolutely failed. And all I can think about is after Christian McCaffrey went down that just rash of games that Mike Davis had, you know, nobody's going to be on him this week. Um, People were saying, they're like, why don't you just play him? He's basically Christian McCaffrey. And he's like 6,500, he's 6,800, whatever. And I think that that taste is going to be out of people's mouths after the last couple of times Mike Davis has gone out there and failed. But I think a tournaments is a great spot for, it's a, a terrific spot for Mike Davis here in this one. And I think that as far as the Carolina side, that's where my interest is. It's in Robbie Anderson. P.J. Walker is a tournament play where you can really pay down um, and, and kind of match him up there. And Mike Davis, I think you could even stack those guys um, because bringing it back on the other side, it looks like we're going to have Matthew Stafford, but there will be no Kenny Galladay. There will be no Danny Amendola. And with that being the case, it opens things up for clearly for T.J. Hawkinson. And that won't be a he won't be in play on FanDuel because on FanDuel you just need to play Taysom Hill at your tight end spot. But um, on DraftKings, I think Hawkinson, you know, he he continues to have this lingering injury, which is a little bit bothersome. But uh, he, he's actually been really picking things up. Marvin Jones uh, and then Marvin Hall will be somebody who's in consideration. I think the I think the play that I might like most that I've been talked onto here by my friends Derek Cardi and Chief Justice 06 on the Roto Grinder show 
is actually Adrian Peterson on the Detroit side. We don't have any DeAndre Swift in this game. And with the lack of those other two pass catchers, here's the fact of the matter, man. The, the Lions don't seem to like on Johnson. And they have, they've called Jonathan Williams up off the practice squad so he could be involved somehow. But, I mean, can you see this? This thing's going to be a 70-30 split going against the top 10 matchup. We've seen backs all year tear open the Carolina Panthers. It's our number nine matchup of the week for opposing running backs. What's the number 21 matchup of the week for opposing wide receivers? Things could funnel to Adrian Peterson. Just all the talk has been that, you know, they were going to be switching to DeAndre Swift. And, you know, that was the case. They were running the football. They were doing really good things like that. I don't think they're going to switch away from that. And they talked about Adrian Peterson whenever they were able to get him from Washington in a way that, they were saying like they couldn't believe he was available. Like with how with how good he was running. Like we can't look look, look at this beast, man. Like we, we we can't believe he was actually available. And when Adrian Peterson's gotten volume, um, he's been he's been good. He's going to be sub ten percent owned. And you know we've seen games where they fed. I mean at Arizona they fed him the ball twenty two times. You know they, they they gave him the ball fifteen times at Jacksonville. You know whenever guys like DeAndre Swift were healthy, fourteen times versus Chicago. So. Even though these last few weeks was DeAndre Swift has been getting acclimated in, um, we've just seen you know AP's you know his production just go absolutely you know down down the drain. Um, we did see at Minnesota he got three three receptions. Um, that was in a game when Swift was healthy and beginning to become integrated with all these with Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, all these guys down. You don't think they might be dumping off to AP at all? Uh, they've always thought of on Johnson as a as a um, as a kind of a 1B type of guy. I think this is probably a 70-30 split between those two. And I think Adrian Peterson at, at 4K, um, not I don't, I don't see that much really opportunity cost anyway at the at, at the running back spots out of a couple guys. So AP, uh, somebody who I'm in on this week and think that he should be considered, even though he's old and it feels like a gross, it feels like a pretty, pretty gross play. Um, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Pittsburgh is still nine and zero. Jacksonville one and eight. Pittsburgh's ten and a half point favorites here. This over under stayed at forty six all week. We have sixty three percent of the tickets on the under, seventy nine percent of the money on the under. So sharp support here for what the public is thinking, but even more so, um, you know, the public thinks this thing goes under. The sharps think this thing goes under. We have fifty one percent of the tickets on the Jaguars, twenty nine percent of the money on the Jaguars. As far as the matchups here. Uh, Pittsburgh gets the number three matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number five matchup for opposing running backs, the number three matchup for opposing wide receivers, and the number two matchup for opposing tight ends. The thing for DFS is, you know, if you own Chase Claypool or Deontay, Tom, De- Deontay Johnson or, um, or uh, Juju in a season-long league, of course you're playing them, right, because you just have them and you put them in. When you have to choose between the three, that's when it gets hard. For me, I've been leaning. I've kind of been leaning toward Deontay Johnson because in games where he's been healthy, and games where he stayed healthy, which really isn't that often, that dude gets like, he gets hurt in these games pretty often. But he seems to me like he's kind of the kind of the alpha as far as a, as far as a uh, from a target share perspective. He also has the highest prop of these guys as far as his receptions: five and a half reception, sixty-one point five yard prop. Also the. Uh, uh, I, not the best uh, touchdown odds. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is plus 145. Deontay Johnson's plus 165. So I think stacking any combination of those. Hell, Eric Ebron. He's 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 been coming on and looks really good. Uh, it's a terrific match. It's is, is it what did I just say? It's the number two. It's like the best matchup 
it's the number three matchup for opposing wideouts, but number two matchup for opposing uh, tight ends. The question people are going to have about is about James Conner. And on FanDuel, he's actually showing up as the second best value on the whole slate out of the, what, 95 props that I have up in the Vegas tool right now. Uh, James Conner has a 75-and-a-half yard, two-and-a-half reception, 16.5 receiving yard over under. He's minus 165 to score. I believe that is the second best s- touchdown odds on the whole board this week, just behind Dalvin Cook, but nobody's going to play him despite the good matchup, despite the fact that they're 10-point favorites because he's just he's looked kind of bad. And even though Mike Tomlin continues to talk about, you know, this guy's our – he's our bell cow, he's all this stuff, it feels like – it feels like something is it feels like something is starting to it feels like the winds are starting to change around there and maybe James Conner's not going to be long for the Steelers um could it be a game where but then again could it be a game where it's just like man this is an undefeated team are they going to keep just throwing the ball as much as they have been maybe this is a game where they're like hey let's let's put our heads down let's run the ball with Conner i have a hard time figuring out how the game script of this thing's going to go um and for that reason, it's like I have I just have trouble. I not only have trouble deciding who I would like to stack Ben Roethlisberger with, I have trouble deciding whether the passing part of this offense is the part of this offense that we can continue to rely on, even in a game like this that appears like it's going to be so lopsided. And if that's the case, can we really trust James Conner? So for, for all those reasons, it makes me think you know ownership could be a little bit lower than what some people would um, generally think, uh, given the implied team total given the good spot that James Conner's in, so maybe for tournaments, because that's in tournaments. You you know you play these murky situations with low ownerships, and if things go off, you're going to be all alone on an island having made a great decision. I just feel like the decision here is kind of hard to make. For me, I find myself with the tournament lineups I'm making, just sort of taking one-offs here and there, maybe getting a Conner in a lineup or getting getting a uh, you know Deontay Johnson in a lineup where he fits, but not really finding myself stacking around this whole situation. Because on the other side, who do you bring it back with, really? Uh, you could play, I guess you could play James Robinson on FanDuel, especially he's looking like a sort of a top 10 value on the slate. As far as the, as far as the Vegas projections, he has a three and a half reception prop. He's staying involved in the receiving game. But the one thing I did notice is the first time I've seen, this is the, this is the third worst matchup of the week for opposing running backs. And for the first time this year, really he's plus plus one twenty five to score. He's not a favorite to score, which concerns me. Just a small bit. I'm wondering what the sports books see there because James Robinson has always been minus 125, minus 135. He's been up to like minus 175 in some of these games before against like the Houston Texans of the world. So not the best matchup, but man, there's nobody else there. They put Chris Thompson on on the uh, IR. We did get start to see a little bit of Rykel Armstead poke his head out um, in the last few weeks, but it, it's really been to you know it hasn't been any real harm to James Robinson. He's been a stud. I just I don't know how much I'll be getting him in the DFS. And th- this whole passing game is completely out for, for, for me versus Pittsburgh. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you could pay up to get to them on defense, is an excellent play. New England at the Houston Texans. Um, New England's actually two and a half point favorites here. This game is up to a 49 point total after starting out at 47. We have 62% of the tickets on the over, along with 62% of the money. Uh, we have 63% of the of the bets on New England, along with 77% of the money. So what people think here is that Cam is going to Cam's going to go big, and Jacoby Myers is going to be really popular here in a, in a really good matchup. Uh, I did notice um, not a really the highest, um, not not the best prop, only a four and a half reception prop, despite all this 
receiving action he's been getting lately. It makes me wonder if the sports books are thinking he could get the Bradley Roby treatment there from the, t- from the Texans. The, and the other thing is too, just on the new England side, I came into this week so high, especially on FanDuel, uh, on, on Damian Harris, because he's 5,800. And it just feels like the kind of game where that guy versus Houston, who's just so bad against the run. It, it feels like they, you know, it was like, he looks really good, man. And it felt like they'll continue to lean on him. But now just this morning, we see Sony Michelle gets activated. It's looking like he's probably going to play. Now we not only have, you know, Rex Burkhead, who's been mixing in a little bit to deal with. Now, I mean, they probably play some Sony Michelle uh, as well. And, you know, you have Cam to worry about down on the goal line. So I know our models really liked Damian Harris, and he's actually on the DFS cheat sheets this week. But I'm not, ent- I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to keep him on there because the models did not account for the fact that Sony Michelle was going to be in there. And um, it, didn't, it didn't account for any potential touch share that he had. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I think I'm getting him off the cheat sheet. I'm kind of coming off of Damian Harris. And then on the other side, let me just look and see. Is Stephon Gilmore back this week? Maybe some of you guys in chat would know if Stephon Gilmore is back. Um, let me see. So Patriots. Stephon, um, okay, flip offense into you. So Stephon Gilmore, he's still questionable with a knee. We don't know about him. Even so, man, like he's he has not been that good. Brandon Cooks has been a beast. Will Fuller just scores every damn week. Uh, Randall Cobb, actually, for his price on DraftKings, was up towards the top, I believe, of the Vegas tool. Um, not as high up as Brandon Cooks, but uh, Brandon Cooks is just way up here on this thing. Brandon Cooks has a four-and-a-half reception, 62.5-yard over-under. He's 5.2K. This is a game where you could play Cam. I, I, I would play Cam with Jacoby Myers, and I bring it back on the other side with some mix of, like, I think Duke Johnson's a good good play. He's a, he's a much better play uh, over on FanDuel where he's, where he's checking in as a top-three value on the Vegas tool, but on, on DK or either one, I mean, you could play Brandon cooks, you could play Will Fuller, you could play Duke Johnson, you could play cam, you could play Jacoby Myers. I think though that I'm off of the receiving game. Uh, I'm sorry, the running game for the Patriots, just because Sony Michelle really just kind of comes in and screws things up. Philadelphia at Cleveland. I can't believe Cleveland six and three, uh, Finally, maybe not the weather to worry about in Cleveland here with the, with this one, which is good to know the 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 over under hasn't been falling all week. Uh, there could be some rain, I guess they're saying, but none of this horrible wind that we've been dealing with. Uh, the totals down to forty seven uh, from opening at forty seven and a half. We have fifty percent of the tickets on Philly, along with fifty nine percent of the money. Fifty one percent of the tickets are on the under in this game. Only thirty eight percent of the money on the under, though. So maybe a slight tick towards the over here from some of the sharp betters and good luck if in DFS choosing between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, not sure that I'm, I, I'm not sure that I'm too big a fan of the matchup anyway. Um, for those guys, Cleveland here has the, um, I guess I'm, it's, it's the number 13 matchup for, for, Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. The number 13 matchup for opposing runners where Philly's really exploitable is versus the tight end. So I think that Austin Hooper could come into play here. I was a little bit disappointed to see he only had a two and a half reception prop in this game. Uh, I, if, if I could legally bet here in Texas, I would take the over on that. So if you're in a state where you can bet 
that would be a, a something. For, I would take the over over on the DraftKings Sportsbook of 2.5 receptions for Austin Hooper. But Jarvis Landry, it's like we haven't really seen what Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins look like in this uh, Baker Mayfield offense without Odell Beckham that hasn't been in a torrential fucking hurricane. So or like whatever those Lake Erie, you know, windstorms are. Or is that Lake Erie? One of those great lakes. They're all big. Wind comes off them. It's cold as ice. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I think that Jarvis. I think that Jarvis is a good play in tournaments. You know he's going to get the volume, and if conditions are right, you know. He, I mean, he's a baller. He's he's definitely the alpha in that and in, in, in that receiving group. And for Philly, you know, what kind of what kind of Carson Wentz are we going to get here? I think that uh, I should have looked at this, but I have my injury dashboard pulled up here. Just let me go look at the Eagles and the Browns. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, so Miles Garrett's out with an illness. Um, we also have, uh, um, we also know that we'll be missing on the Cleveland side. We'll, we'll be missing Greedy Williams. So I saw somebody in chat asked about Jalen Rager a little bit earlier. I think he's probably a, He's probably fine to play, you know, guys like Jalen Rager this week. Dallas Goddard should be popular at the tight end spot in DraftKings. Like I said, not a consideration on FanDuel because we're just going to go ahead and plug in Taysom Hill. Um, uh, what, what? Who am I? Oh, Miles, Miles Sanders. Like, I'm, he's going to be like sub 7% owned. I had Miles Sanders in a ton of DFS last week. Can you imagine my level of tilt when I saw Corey Clement in there? rushing in for the touchdown after Miles Sanders had been in the whole time. Miles Sanders could have had an absolute monster game. And this could be the week where it, he finally gets it. He's, he's getting the volume. They're committed to him. Uh, you know, Cleveland is a Cleveland is a better team to throw on than they are to run on. But Miles Sanders is a good pass catching back. And when he continues to get the volume, I just, I think the, um, I, I think it's I think it's hard to hard to hard to go wrong. Travis Fulgham's probably fine, but if he doesn't feel like he's starting to dip off a little bit, to me it feels like there's going to be there's going to be a time when Dallas Goddard pops off, and he's one of my favorite uh, tournament plays at the tight end spot this week. If you're playing over there on DraftKings, uh, let's see here. Let's go to Philly. No, well, we just we just, we just, we just did Philly. All right, the big one because this is the Taysom Hill game. Atlanta at New Orleans, a forty nine a forty nine point total after opening up at fifty one. New Orleans is four point favorites. Fifty nine percent of the tickets are on the Falcons, along with sixty five percent of the money. Fifty four percent of the tickets are on the over, along with forty one percent of the money. And so yeah, so Taysom Hill is the minimum salary on draft on Fanduel for a tight end. And he's going to be playing. He's going to basically be the starting quarterback based on all these reports. Now we haven't heard from Sean Payton that he is, but let me just look and see on spot, spot track. I just spot track um, Taysom Hill. So we should have known a long time ago that if this were to come up with Drew Brees missing a game, that they were going to play probably play Taysom Hill because they signed Taysom Hill to a one-year, sixteen point three million dollar contract 16.3 million dollar contract for Taysom Hill it's unbelievable whereas if you look at what Jameis's contract is Jameis Winston's spot track a one year 1.1 million dollar deal 
they they of course they were going to be. I mean, Nick Underhill was talking at Henning all week that it was going to be Taysom. So here's 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 the things that we need to discuss. What does this mean for what does this mean for the flow of the game in general? What does it mean for Alvin Kamara? What does it mean for Michael Thomas, who has a puny little four and a half reception over under? Um, I don't even want to think about the Emmanuel Sanders and the Jared Cooks and the rest of these dirt balls. But it's important to kind of think about these guys. Is Taysom Hill going to be dumping it off to Alvin Kamara all the time? Is it going to be this zone read stuff where Taysom Hill's always pulling it and always running? And if that's the case, do we play him on DraftKings because he's 4,800? My one worry is he's so shitty that he gets pulled at like halftime. And that's completely within the realm of possibilities. Now, on FanDuel, it, it, it won't have mattered. By then, he, will, he likely will have got in the worst case scenario. He likely would, would have already gotten you 10 points or something just by his rushing alone. Maybe he squeaks in for a touchdown. And you're fine because there's no opportunity cost to the tight end position. It's been a nightmare to pick any tight end that's going to get you any re- anything reasonable, especially on a slate where we have no, you know, we're, we're no Kittle. We have no Kelsey. Um we don't have these, you know, these, we don't, we don't, we don't have Waller, you know, it, it's just, it isn't a slate where we have these guys. So it's like, who is going to really bury a men price quarterback at Taysom Hill that has a ton of rushing upside at the tight end position. It's just a messed up deal. And, you know, Taysom Hill is going to probably be 60, 70% owned in tournaments. And what that means to me is 30% of the field won't be playing him. And they're going to be trying to bury me with Mark Andrews hoping he's going to get some three-touchdown game that is slightly better than what Taysom Hill is likely. I mean, we have Taysom Hill projected for 17 points. So it's like you can pay, what, $2,500 more to get up to Mark Andrews and hope that he can, you know, he can do that. He's done that like twice this year. So, um, yeah, pretty easy over there. I think the question is, do you play him on DraftKings and DI? I don't think we need much more confirmation. Whenever Schefter and Rappaport and you got the best beat reporters there on the, you got Diana Rossini, you have the best beat reporters there on the ground, Nick Underhill saying that Taysom's going to be the starter. They don't even, they haven't even been working in taste, you know, James packages during the week. He's going to be a backup. I'm not sure we need to really hear from Sean Payton. I mean, what's, what's, what's Sean Payton going to tell the, the local media? He's not going to come out and you know, tell these guys, he's not going to tell Atlanta what he's doing. So I'm not sure we need confirmation. I think we just kind of roll with the idea that Taysom plays. So the question you ask yourself is, all right, 95% sure that this is the deal and this is what's happening. If I'm playing him on – it's not a matter on FanDuel. But if I'm playing him on DraftKings, do I think he's going to get – do I think he's going to get benched? And I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a – I think it's a little bit of a risk. So – I think that he. I think that you could play him on DraftKings, and our model didn't didn't identify him. I'm going to be updating the cheat sheets for uh, DraftKings to make sure that he's an option that you, that you can consider. But just consider things could go bad. Like he's he's come in, he's looked good in preseason and stuff, but he's he's come in and tried to throw the football at times. He's really not attempted that many passes in the National Football League, so I don't know how the offense is going to look. Um, but keep in mind, you know, he could come in and look kind of bad. So. Otherwise, I think it's it's a pretty pretty strong play at forty eight hundred for a for a, a quarterback. Um, just you wonder if that screws things up for Alvin Kamara. How does it do? Like, is he going to dump the ball off to him? Maybe, um, but he also feels like he's going to maybe hog some carries and and 
and um, maybe take a little bit away from the Camara ceiling. On the other side, I think if you're playing Taysom Hill, I think it's great on the other side, side to play Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley looks like he's coming back to form. Um, I think it's hard to play Todd Gurley and DFS. He's got a pretty miserable prop, but as usual, man, he's minus 125 to score this week. Nobody's going to be doing that. You know, bringing it back on the other side with that. I mean, for me, it's for me, it's you know, in my Taysom Hill lineup. So I think I'm going to be playing Julio Jones. Uh, no real interest in Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst. You know, a little bit of interest there, but that's sort of where I am with those guys. And with Alvin Kamara, I'm just, I think I'm just going to try and find the extra thousand bucks and get up to get up to Dalvin cook if I possibly can. And there's a lot of really good value at, um, at, you know, some of these other spots that we'll talk about here in this next game at the running back position where you can, you can generally afford to get up and pay that premium for Dalvin. Who's just set up to absolutely smash this, this week, Cincinnati at Washington, a couple of shitty teams here. Uh, this total is 47. Uh, Washington is a one and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, 59% of the tickets are on the Cincinnati Bengals, along with 59% of the money, though. Uh, 60% of the tickets are on the over, along with 93% of the money. So this is a game that was identified by Pat Thorman over there at Establish the Run as one of the highest, fastest-paced games of the week. Uh, so player Terry McLaurin, I think that J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson are both excellent options, I think, on, on – uh, let me do a screen share here, but I'll show you guys. You'll never believe this. Um, the uh, the on the Vegas tool, we have JD McKissick actually showing as the top value on on FanDuel, which doesn't even <laughs> reward you for this massive number of receptions that he has been he has been getting. Um, so yeah, this is the FanDuel sheet. No, I'm sorry, that's the DraftKings sheet here on FanDuel. Um, we have J.D. McKissick up here at the very top. I mean, he has a 67 total yard prop. He's plus 150 to score with a four and a half reception over under for just 5,600 over on FanDuel. I think he's a good play. And I talked about some of these, you know, some of these other value running backs that you can get in. And these guys like, you know, you see on the sheet here, like Duke Johnson, Kalen Balazs, Gio Bernard, all showing up as excellent values just based on the median projections there from the sports books. Of course, all those tools, you can get access to them over at rosterwatch.com to do your own research. We're always updating them as new information comes in. Um, but yeah, McLaurin, you, you really, really, really like McLaurin this week. You really like McLaurin every week, but I mean, this is the, the Cincinnati Bengals are the number five matchup for opposing wide receivers. Alex Smith has looked kind of weird and it's looked really frenetic out there, but he's, he's been getting, McLaurin's been producing just because McLaurin's an absolute baller and he's matchup proof. This isn't, this isn't even a matchup that we really need to worry about. When you know some people are on the Cincinnati side, I just I I worry about the I worry about the Washington DBs, man. They've turned out like they, they've turned out to be actually really good. Um, it's been actually a pretty tough spot for slot wide receivers. So everybody's high on Tyler Boyd. The Vegas tool is high on Tyler Boyd. I've been a little bit worried about Tyler Boyd this week. I didn't even mention Logan Thomas when I was talking about the the football team. And he's actually showing up as the second highest value on the Vegas tool. So he has a three and a half reception, 35.5 yard receiving prop. He's only $3,300 on DraftKings. He's getting more involved. Alex Smith seems to um, be more interested in getting the football to the tight ends than um, Kyle Allen might have been. So Logan Thomas uh, certainly in play as as well. Uh, anyway, back to the Bengals. I'm not, 
I'm not really on any of them. I I don't know. I think you know Gio Bernard could get some work in the work in the receiving game, but that you know that offensive line is pretty bad. We know about the Washington de- defensive front; they're back healthy. I think last week was a bit of a an, a bit of an, an a bit of an anomaly. So uh, I think they're going to sack Joe Burrow. Um, I don't necessarily think Joe Burrow's going to have a bad game, but I think they're going to get to him. I think they're going to sack him. I think the Washington defense is a, a good, cheap play in, in DFS this week. All right, on to the afternoon games. Miami at Denver. This game has a 46 over-under, three-and-a-half-point spread here. Three-and-a-half-point spread here. Miami's favored. 59% of the tickets on the Dolphins, 71% of the money. 68% of the tickets are on the under, 81% of the money on the under. We just found out via the Fantasy Life app. You should go download the Fantasy Life app, by the way. It's free and you can get updates right, right when they come out. Um, so we're going to have Drew Locke. I don't think it matters. Drew Locke, I, I've always kind of – I've always said it, and I felt, felt like I was going to look kind of wrong there for a while, but I think Drew Locke sucks. I, I want to play any of these wide receivers versus, you know, versus Xavier Howard and By, Byron Jones. I like, I, I want to play the Miami defense here. Uh, you'll probably hear some talk about Savon Ahmed. I, I kind of understand that on the Miami side, but we also have Matt Breida coming back. We don't know exactly how that touch split is going to work out. I tend to think that after Savon Ahmed's been able to do what he's, he's done over the course of these past two games for the Dolphins, that they would tend to stick with him. Uh, it's a middling matchup for the Dolphins, basically across all of skill positions, except for the tight end where Denver's actually been really good this year. So Mike Gesicki off the radar for me. Dude, this is a game where I, I'm, I'm interested in playing the, the Miami defense, and I can't think of many other plays that are going to be coming you know, across my, my, my personal player pool. The 0-9 New York Jets traveled to the 2-7 Los Angeles Chargers. This game opened up at 46.5 points is the total, and that's where it stayed. The Chargers are between 9.5 and 10-point favorites, depending on where you look. 60% of the tickets are on the Jets to cover here, but only 40% of the money. 54% of the tickets are on the over, but only 21% of the money. So people see a slog here. Look, just if you if you just think about it from a – just think about it logically – Justin Herbert has been one of the best quarterbacks in football. And somehow Anthony Lynn is such a shitty coach that they keep losing games. And whenever I hear about a 10 point spread and they're at home and they're playing against the crappy jets and yada, yada, yada. I think to myself, you know, even though this is the number seven matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number eight matchup for opposing running backs, the number seven matchup for opposing wide receivers and the number four matchup for opposing tight ends that the game script could get out of hand and Justin Herbert might not need to turn on the heat on these guys. And to that, I say they need to let Justin Herbert go out and kick somebody's ass. They like, they, they need, they need to get a win under their belt, a dominating win. They need to, they need to get the stink of these, all these losses off of Justin Herbert. He's playing so well. And the coaching staff is letting him down with these idiotic play calls at the end of football games and this horrible clock management. They're going to unleash him. So I love Justin Herbert this week. I love Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams is, is an excellent tournament play. Hunter Henry, of course. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but Kalen Balazs is Kalen Balazs is looking much better. I don't understand it. Like what Byron and I were talking about this, and what Kay, what it is with Kalen Balazs, he just looks he's he's gotten rid of that shitty attitude he had. Kalen Balazs has always had 
a just a real attitude like he was too cool for school he didn't want to be there um at least during the time that we'd seen him in my in Miami and maybe during his time in the New York Jets and more time with Adam Gase he was sort of humbled but he's looking like the Caleb Elijah that we saw at the senior bowl and we were like you know this th- th- there's something there's something here with this guy the the, the pass catching chops the the ability to the ability to run bet- between the tackles not necessarily the best first level vision but that good second le- level vision to be able to um to be able to shed shed tackles from from linebackers we've seen a little bit of that that was in his scouting profile and i i think that they really like him you know Troy Main Pope doesn't get involved Joshua Kelly's in the doghouse so Kalen Balage, i think you're fine to roll him out uh, you know we're talking about guys like Adrian Pe- dusty ass players like Adrian Peterson and stuff why not think about Kalen Balage? And then on the other side, uh, Joe, Joe Flacco, last time he played, man, that guy actually looked pretty good. And although it didn't really come out in the box score, I mean, he like he was targeting Denzel Mims, and Denzel Mims is showing up as the number one player in the Vegas tool as far as the value on DraftKings versus the pricing. He's only 3,300, but he has a three-and-a-half reception, 46.5-yard over-under for his prop. So I'm very interested in playing Justin Herbert, getting a skinny stack with him and Keenan Allen. And then on the other side of it, bringing it back with Denzel Mims or, or, or maybe Jamison Crowder, because these guys are going to be in catch up mode. And I, I literally don't know who else I would play uh, on the other side. I know that they've been talking about getting LaMichael P Ryan more involved uh, as their primary runner and sort of going into evaluation mode with him. But I just believe that Adam Gase is such a dipshit that he's like, I, I don't, it's very, very hard, to, very, very, very hard to, um, very hard to trust. I like the idea, though, of Joe Flacco throwing the ball to Denzel Mims in a dome in a controlled environment, a situation where they could be playing catch up, especially if it's playing catch up against a bunch of points going from Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen, who are going to be a ton of my lineups. Keenan Allen with a seven and a half reception prop, the highest reception prop uh, on the whole slate this week outside of Devontae Adams, who also has a seven and a half reception prop. Speaking of Devontae Adams, the next game, Green Bay at Indianapolis. A lot of people calling this sort of the game of the week. Green Bay seven and two, Indy six and three. Uh, 51 and a half point total here in this spot. That's up from 49 and a half where it opened. Indy is a one and a half point favorite. 61% of the tickets are on Green Bay along with 53% of the money. 53% of the tickets are on the over along with 43% of the money. So it's kind of odd there that we've seen that shift towards the over here from the books, even though le- uh, there's less money on the over than there are actual tickets. With that said, um, 49 and a half to 51 and a half, it could be that the, it could be that earlier in the week, the levels were much, much different to where, then the money could be coming back up towards that 53 from a lower point uh, that probably has to do with this late movement towards the, towards the, um, toward, towards the over here in this one, but 51 and a half, man, that's a big, it's a pretty big over under. It's just, whenever you look at green Bay, Indy is, whenever you look at what Everflues does for the Indianapolis Colts, it's a, It's a shell defense that they're not going to they're, they're, they're let any, anybody be, be, be behind them. Um, they play that kind of zone. And I, I should have mentioned earlier that with the, the, the kind of speak, – speaking just Keenan Allen back to the other game, 
he murders versus zone and he's going to kill the Greg Williams zone. But anyway, um, so that takes like guys like MVS, like he's out of the picture, especially now that Alan Lazard is back. Right. Um, Cardi's all over Devontae Adams. He's locking him in. It's his conviction play. I just, I worry somewhat about the matchup. He says, who cares about the matchup? You know, he's in a dome. He's in great conditions. We've played him in all this bad wind and stuff at Lambeau. I mean, I guess all that makes sense. Devontae Adams has been a beast. It's just, he's $1,100 more than Julio Jones in that matchup where I know I'm going to have some Taysom Hill and I know I want to get some correlation there. I'm not sure where I'm going to correlate this game. Who else am I going to play? Like, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play Jonathan Taylor or Jordan Wilkins or Naheem. I I can't do any of this stuff on the Indianapolis side. It's so hard to know where the production's coming. They have to, to, like Jack Doyle just came off the IR. They have fucking the clown car tight ends that they throw the football to. They have, you know, Michael Pittman's coming on, but I mean, T.Y. Hilton's back healthy. It's really, really hard to figure out where the production's going to come in this game. And so, unless I'm just going to one-off it with Devontae Adams, I mean, I guess you can do it. He's probably the best wide receiver. He's he's probably the best wide receiver on the slate from a fantasy perspective. I wouldn't say he's a better wide receiver, just an NFL wide receiver, than some of these guys like Julio or um, – uh, I mean, Jesus. I mean, you could start talking about guys like Terry McLaurin or you know, Keenan Allen in that same sort of tier. But um, I, I think it's fine. I'm not sure I'm going to be paying up for Devontae Adams, though. And then Aaron Jones, just he's, you know, if you played him in cash last week, you know, he was, he was minus 335 to score. And there's just, there was, I was, there was times I'm like, is he Jamal Williams backup? I was like, Jesus, how, like, what did, what was the, what was the snap percentage even last week in a game where it just should have been just the epic, the epic monster for him? Aaron Jones played 63% of snaps. Jamal Williams was in for 48% of snaps. It just, it's didn't, it didn't, it isn't enough. It isn't enough for me to, you know, come down and try and come down from a Dalvin cook. And with all the value that we, that we have at running back, it's hard. I think he's going to be, he's going to be low owned. So you could play him, but I, um, for me, I just, I feel like there are ways you can differentiate elsewhere. Like I, I, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather play Miles Sanders. So um, who will be just as low owned? I'd certainly rather play Derrick Henry, who's going to be, you know, sub four percent owned. Even though even our minion owner, our our Ravens homer here, is thinking that they could get gashed by Derrick Henry. So I like the idea of putting trying seeing if I could put together. I mean, if I could play Taysom Hill and I could play Adrian Peterson for super cheap, what if I could put together a Dalvin Cook Derrick Henry lineup? Play play Herbert and. I don't know if you get Keenan, could, could get, get in Keenan Allen with that lineup. I'll, I'll have to go play with it. Um, here we are to our final game of the slate. Uh, Dallas at Minnesota. We have this game is a 48.5 point total down from 50 where it opened. 53% of the tickets on Dallas along with 55% of the money. 68% of the tickets are on the over along with 46% of the money. Minnesota here is a seven-point favorite at home. So Dalvin. I mean, he's going to – nobody's running the football better than Dalvin right now. He's going to gash these guys. The question is, like, I also want to play Justin Jefferson. So how do I do that? I th- do, you know, do you know how I think I do that? I, I'm going to tell you how I think I do that. But first I'm also going to say Ezekiel Elliott is only 6.5K, which is – I don't know if we've ever seen him that low. I'm not sure he was that low when he was a rookie. 
but he's not been looking that good. He's only minus 105 to score this week. Uh, he's getting more and more of his time bit into by Tony Pollard. He's been bitching and whining to the media about how his hamstring's still bulky and that it's a day-to-day thing that he's having to deal with. But he doesn't carry an injury designation into this game. Cowboys are coming off of a bye. They, look, no matter how bad they've looked in recent weeks, we I feel like what we've done in the sort of NFL and fantasy analysis space is we've lumped in these Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert games along with Andy Dalton, who's been sort of out of sight, out of mind with COVID and then the other whatever else he's had to deal with, the concussion and then COVID. Um, we've sort of lumped all that in, in together as this sort of post-Dak Prescott malaise, right? But, with, you know, with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's a serviceable quarterback going up against a matchup here that the matchup tool has a, the number four matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number four matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number six matchup for opposing running backs, the number eight matchup for opposing tight ends. And so I don't know how much Zeke I'm going to be getting on despite how cheap he is. I think he's a great tournament play, though. So I'm, I am going to make a note that I need to get in some Zeke. But the way that I can get in, I'm, I'm going to tell you the way that I can get in Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. And that's by playing Andy Dalton and then choosing between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb or maybe playing both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Hell, you can even play Michael Gallup at 3,700. You can just you, – you'll have to maybe make a couple lines with a couple combinations. Then what you can do is bring it back on the other side with Dalvin Cook and with Justin Jefferson or even Adam Thielen. And then if this game goes big and this game goes over, like it looks like the money is saying it should go over the sharp money coming in, you're going to have all the pieces there as long as you get your combinations right. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.